hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about? Today we're going to discuss 1955's The Big Combo, 88 Minutes. Michael, what are we drinking? Uh, Radiant Beauty, because there are a few Radiant Beauties in this movie. It's a West Coast IPA from Green Cheek. They sponsored the episode. They gave us this beer. Thank you, Green Cheek. Thank you. What do you think? It's good. This is great. Nice, fruity. Classic. Classic. West Coast IPA. Yeah. yeah. Clear. It's not a hazy or anything like that. It's nice and clear and crisp. Yep. yep. Clean finish. Fruity is all hell. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of citrus on the nose. I even get like some berry, a little tropical, but citrus is a, yeah. a lot of good. You a know, grapefruit taste that always shows up with a... Yep. Yeah. Grapefruit. Um... The tangerine yeah you know it's nice yeah it's good this is really good cheers refreshing yeah cheers. absolutely yeah. and thank you green cheek yeah. we did a the anaheim run you know nice. you get down there <laughs> for those of you not familiar with the geography of los angeles <laughs> um we're up in monrovia yeah la record, county la county and i live basically santa monica la and, county and anaheim orange county <laughs> geographically not that terribly far but it's a it's a bit of a drive yeah 46 from from my house it's 46 miles and you know if you live in the country that's nothing but it takes longer than that for us to get there it takes even from where we live we live a lot closer we did an overnight and just lined up a number of breweries and green cheek got back to us we went to their place in costa mesa it's actually the brewery it has a restaurant Great food, good people. They do a wide variety of beers. They do some good stuff. And they have this sort of, the green cheek is a bird. It's a type of parrot. And I know there's parrots all over this area that have escaped because they're not indigenous. Yeah, the green parrots right here in the San Gabriel Valley. So Yeah, yeah, and so I think that might have some. I'm not sure. But it's a great logo. Yeah, it is. And they actually. Sam. (laughs) Yeah, they gave Jane. They had an enamel pen they gave me to give to Jane. Oh, nice. So that was nice. Yeah, so thanks, guys. It was really good. Um, You picked this movie. I did. I picked this movie because we had discussed it and I had watched it for the first time when we did our Film Noir episode. And I, I, it's one of the, I think, although it doesn't classically meet the definition of noir, it has a both Joseph Lewis and John Alton, you know, the director and cinematographer who are known for noirs, and it has a bunch of noir actors from Richard Conte and everything like we, that. John Alton did yeah. He Walked By Night. Yep, exactly, which we, we did. And, and he's as much of a star of the movies he shoots as yeah. the actors. Yeah. I mean, because he walked by night, yeah. visually stunning. And this movie, there's there's the iconic ending yep. of Cornell Wilde standing in the fog with a lighthouse behind him. It's it's iconic. They yeah. put it on covers of books about yeah. film noir. And, yeah. yeah, it's a masterclass in cinematography. And the director did uh, My Name Is Julia Ross and Gun Crazy, and I think John Alton worked with him on Gun Crazy. So, but it does it. We I think we talked about it in the film noir episode that. For for me at least, it's it, it's not it's got tons of noir yeah. elements, not a pure film noir. It's done from the the point of view of the police, not crime, and it also kind of has a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it does. But this movie is oh, about is, is it how happy is it's not a happy. Movie. It's about it's like like there is a level of I don't want to call it sexual perversion, but sexual obsession. And like sadistic violence that runs through this movie that even caused issues with the censors at the time. They got away with some stuff. Yeah. I, I'm shocked that they got away with. Yeah. 
I do have to point out one thing. Philip Gordon, who was the the credited screenwriter, you know, he wrote Johnny Guitar, and I think we mentioned Johnny Guitar. He allowed a lot of blacklisted writers to write, and mm. he would just put his name on there. There is contention if he really wrote this movie or or not if, so, you're, if you're gonna lend your name out like that yeah i mean he was doing a good thing no you know? yeah I'm, and i'm not yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not yeah. saying it about <laughs> but if you are going to participate in that and lending your name yeah. there's always going to be question about did you do it or not yeah. and maybe he just didn't care and also i think what is this our third lee van cleef yes movie? exactly kansas city confidential <laughs> escape from new york and this and this He's young in this, just like in Kansas City Confidential. Oh, yeah. He's great. No wrinkles. Everybody. <laughs> and his partner, he's a, a partner with Mingo. Yeah. Who, if you if we're remaking it, it'd have to be a few years ago. I've kept saying this must be like Michael Rooker's uncle or something, right? <laughs> like there's, he just kind of looks, has a Michael Rooker look to him. But they're kind of the, they're the henchmen. Yes. And there's the homosexual subtext yeah. to this that's been written about. Yeah. It's not something that we're making no. up. No. It's been, but you notice it. And it, again, they do it in a way that gets skirts the Hayes Code, but they skirt it real close. Yeah, there's no doubt that these men love each other. Yeah, and from from scene to scene, you just watch it and like the they sleep in like the Ozzy and Harriet bed, where yeah. it's, you know. <laughs> Back back in the day, for those of you who might not know, they like on shows they couldn't show people couldn't share beds, and so they would have it looked like a hotel room where you have two single beds with the like these guys share a room. So it's it's suggest it's that suggestive. That people would use to and, get around. The and our va- our villain Richard Conte, uh, Mr. Brown, you know, he is a classic noir. And then because of these movies, all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're just going to have you in mafia movies. Like the, when you become an older adult, he's like a, the Godfather onwards, like he just made mob movies. He's like an early day Ben Gazzara. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and he's fantastic <laughs> in this. Well, I yeah. saw him in uh, for the noir episode. I saw him in Highway Dragnet, yep. which was an unusual noir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's great in that. He's so good in this. I yeah. mean, he's just he has that. It's the cat, it's the snake, it's the smiling tiger that, you know, he just says everything, it's silky smooth, but boy, he's going to he's gonna kill yeah. you. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, he is, he's a bad guy. He is, but it's interesting, and maybe we'll get into it more, but it, it, it's, it's funny to me how he starts out, he doesn't want to do a bunch of killing. Like, all these people are alive that really you know, would be dead in most mafia movies, but then there's a point where suddenly he just goes, ah, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that, well, that's the point, too, because what we learn part of this part of this pretext of this movie is, and, and why he's knocking people off is he killed the former. The reason it's called the Big, big Combo, even at the end, they use um, uh, Detective Diamond calls him Yehudlum, because that was the original title, so it was going to be called Hoodlum. Um, but it's because he ran the big he, he runs the big combo in the states basically the syndicate the, the combination mob, the combination because it was going to be I think called, be called the combination a, and then somebody said the, just call it the big, big combo. combo and he on a um, he killed his predecessor yeah, to take his it boss. over yeah and it's funny that no one from the old country came over here and said listen <laughs> I mean it's I mean, like I would say hey like. We were expecting this guy to show up, but he didn't show up. Yeah, nobody's gunning for this dude. And if there's one thing I know from watching lots of mob movies is if a guy guns the boss down, some other dudes might be coming to gun him down. Yeah, But, but I, of, it sounds like he kind of took care of everybody in yeah. one fell swoop, sort of that godfather sort of move where it says, you know, we're not just taking him out, take his underlings and others scatter to the winds. Yeah, but he ends up taking, but then it's odd because um, uh, Joe McClure, 
played by Brian Dunlavy, another noir um, person. An, another fantastic piece yeah. of acting. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Just, and you just know. He, like, yeah. He's just, uh, why is he around? Why do yeah. you keep him around? Professor Quartermass, if you watch like British <laughs> yes. science fiction movies. of, uh, But um, why keep him around? Like, same thing. Like He kills everybody off, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to keep this guy around to torture in some ways. Yeah, because we find out th- this McClure fellow was he was going to be second in command so he technically should have been the new guy but brown killed the boss and this mcclure fellow had his own hotel and brown took it from him so if for no other reason if you're thinking in that world why am i keeping this dude around yeah exactly and then i destroyed his life i've made i basically you know i've sort of eunuched him you know, I killed everybody else. But I me, mean, it's that that idea of like keep my friends closer, but my enemies even closer, or something like that. Well, and he does. That. He has the moment where he says, "Give me your gun, Joe." Yeah. And Joe pulls it out and he, for a moment, yeah. and then he doesn't. It looks like he might shoot him, and then yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. And he goes, "See, that's why I'm here, and you're there. Because yeah. you could have killed me." Yeah. <laughs> and then both are villain, Mister Brown. I guess we should say spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Spoiler alert! You can edit that back at the beginning. We can just pop that in there somewhere. But both our our villain, Mister Brown, and our hero, Detective Diamond, um, played by Cornell Wilde, uh, they're both obsessed with Susan Lowell. Mm-hmm. And the movie starts in a classic noir scene where it starts on a. Um, it's first of all interesting enough, kind of a jazzy soundtrack. You know? I, the opening with the shots, it's, yeah. a, it's a montage of shots of the big city with the big band jazz. It's great. And then like a, fi- a, a like a, it's a, it's a prize fight. And then she's running down the hallway. Which <laughs> if you want to say your movie's about crime without coming out and saying it's about crime, show some boxing. <laughs> exactly. Because one thing we know, boxing is so corrupt and there's just criminal element all around it. <laughs> But yeah, you're yeah you were saying her her running yeah, and so um, uh, the the henches grab her and take her to a restaurant. You know, it, it's a it's an odd scene. Um, they are at the time uh, a police officer that starts at the ball rolling finds her purse and reports it back to the, the lieutenant diamonds like hey like found Susan's purse and everything like that, um, and. I find that, you know, typically in, maybe this is where it starts with the police chief, where he's like, you gotta get away from this this case. Peterson comes in. Diamond, like, why are you focusing on this case? We find out, Diamond, (laughs) yeah, we find out Diamond has just been spending money like a drunken sailor chasing this brown character, and he's been spending his own money, too. Yeah. He's a flawed hero. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. And his boss comes in and tells him he and and he says, "Dude, my butt's on the line too. What you're doing is jamming yeah. me up. You need to cool it." And then he points out, you know, you're not really. It's not about Brown. It's about a woman. You're in love with this woman. We never understand why. No. There's you know, no back. There's no real background to explain. Like, she's an object. Yeah. Because I, we were discussing before we recorded. I I said you could easily write her character out of this this movie. And still have a movie, still have the same movie, pretty much. You lose the psychosexual stuff, but the, her character has no depth. She is no more than the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. She's an object because there are two other women. We get a heck of a lot more character development out of them 
than we do with the main character, yeah. female. And so, and so Susan at the restaurant that she got pulled into, you know, she's dancing with this older fella at all. She's like, I've taken a lot of pills. <laughs> and it, it, we we realized then that this is her old world. Yeah, this guy hasn't seen her in a while, right. and they dance, and you see that she was high. She, I think, I get the picture. I get the impression she was high society. Brown is a he's a crook, and he probably saw this might be my ticket into high society. Yeah. I get her on my arm, and basically pulled her away from her world, and said, "This you're in my world now." Yeah, but she does. I took a bunch of pills. Took a bunch of pills. So she passes out, and she's taken to the hospital for. Um, and that's where Diamond uh, shows up. And this He's is where, so self-righteous. Yeah, he is. And I, I don't... It's a strange thing where, once again, like you, like this, like this, his constant infatuation, his, his obsession with Susan. And he is. He realizes, like, oh, like Brown's showing up. It's like, hey, we have this uh, piece of paper saying that um, we could sign her out, take her to a better care facility. Their, their introduction to each other is fantastic yeah, yeah. because Brown won't even look at him. No. He's, he's having someone this, ask questions. He's speaking through Joe McClure. He's yeah. saying, hey, Mr. Joe, Brown wants to know. Yeah, tell, tell Joe, tell the man. Tell the man, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'll break him. I'll break him so fast. You know? And then Diamond has this strange thing. He's like, no, what to prevent everything from going down. Number one, I'm going to arrest Susan for committing to try to commit suicide. Uh, is and that a thing? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> he even goes so far when he's in there, he's talking to her. She goes, I'm, I'm thirsty. And the nurse makes a move like she's going to get her some water. And he just waves the nurse off. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, can you do that? You know what? Because he does. He gets so high-minded, so self-righteous. And he's... His, the guy can't control his emotions. He's kind of id. Yeah. And then we have this this other mystery, this rosebud point where he's bringing up asking Brown about this name, this woman, Alicia. Because Susan whispers that yeah. when they're wheeling her away, Alicia. Alicia. And so Brown's in there with Joe. He says, I'm going to like pull Susan in for committing suicide. No, I might even just arrest all you guys. Yeah. For what? I don't know. He tell, yeah. He, he says, arrest all of Diamond's men. It ends up being 96 arrests. They make 96 false arrests. And yeah. they show Fanti and Mingo and, and Stir. I kept calling it in Stir because that's what they called it yeah. back in the day. And McClure, you can tell, is really curious. He wants to know what's up. Yeah. And, and Fanti, Lee, Lee Van Cleef is great and everything. And he's just going, I don't know. They wanted a name, but they knocked it out of me or something. He's just smoking, being cool. And they're like, what's the name? What's the name? Yeah. They and they find out Alicia, and that sets off a that sets off a bell for McClure. Yeah, he 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 recognized that name. So Brown's like, "You listen, I don't really know what I'm like. I'm so questioning like what they arrested him. He's like, I'm willing to do a lie detector test. And I'm thinking, but for what? Well, and I mean, there are two things at, at one point, and it's interesting when they I, I'm thinking it's kind of new technology yeah. because there's a point where Diamond is using an electric razor in his office. Yeah. I would think that was kind of a new thing at the time. And the lie detector test, I don't know when they started, but I'm like, it must have been fairly new at that time. And they, he's, he's cool as a cucumber. He's got a smart-ass answer for everything until they mention Alicia. And then it comes to a stop. He's like, I, I'm done with this. Um, and he, he mentions a restaurant called Bettini. Yeah. But it's not actually a restaurant. We yeah. find out later. There's a lot. Like you, The first time through, there's some stuff you might miss. That you pick up later, but he mentions Bettini. It's not really a restaurant; it's a person. And once again, we have the police chief coming in. He's like, "You're wasting f- you're wasting resources." I mean, come on, Diamond. <laughs> it's, it's the old like buddy cop where that where you know their sergeant or whatever is like, "You guys are in too deep." You, got, you know, 
like that's i wonder if this was one of the earliest versions of that because peterson would just bluster into a room and go you want it and he just turns to him and goes yeah you can give me eighteen thousand dollars to go after diamond and he's i mean that's a lot of money at the time but he's going dude 96 false arrests you're killing me here you're killing me smalls (laughs) and so of course diamond he's depressed now you know, Susan's gone, Brown's gone. So he goes and he is going to drink his sorrows in the arms of, I'm assuming she's a dancer. Burlesque. Yeah. She's a burlesque dancer. Her, his friend Rita. And it's a, interesting because once again, you realize like, okay, the women, he, he, he pines obsess over Susan who's supposed to see, be this purity, but really he, he's hanging out and he enjoys the company of his like. I gotta tell you, Rita's a dish. Yeah, and she has Legs she has for days. salty language, and she's a burlesque she's dancer. I mean, this is she seems know. she's more of a character than Susan. And they're getting drunk, you know. Well, <laughs> and Jason, she even makes the point she she doesn't want to talk to him at first, and yeah. then she says, "I haven't seen you in six months." Yeah, this guy he's kind of he's self righteous and he's kind of a jerk because he just shows up six months later and kind of expects her to you know, yeah. eh, I'm here. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I, I hear word on the street that Brown put a contract out on you. And he's like, ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let him. Let him. <laughs> he doesn't really care. So then Susan, she's out of the hospital, and Brown shows up. And the, this is where we kind of get an idea of just how controlling this guy is because he has, you said the line, I'm going to let you yeah. say it because he's, he's talking about, she's wearing clothes that she doesn't usually wear. Yeah. And he, he says, um, Women are supposed to dress for their men, not for what they want. Like, oh. yeah, depending on who you watch this with, you could get you could get some side eye. Yeah. You know? But I'm going to say um, this. Beer is the, you're not going to get any side eye about this beer. No. It's uh, you can. I I'm trying to think. I see their distribution is very small. I've seen them on tap. If you go to a couple, if you have a, a specialty beer bar. Um, sometimes they'll have it on tap and a specialty beer store might have some of their cans. It's a very small distribution. I would love it if they distributed more because, you know, I can't, I can't always just pop down to Anaheim to to get some beer. (laughs) Well, as a friend said, like, you know, in in Southern California, 46 miles, that's why I said distance from, from here to Anaheim for us is a commute and they're big rest part of the world 46 miles is a vacation <laughs> i mean well it's something i've said before on even on earlier episodes but when i tell people back home uh, i'll say oh we drive here and it takes you know it might take 45 minutes and they're like what yeah. and, I, and i'll i'll pick a city or i'll pick a little town back home and i'll say it's about the same distance but you can get in your car and be there in 20 minutes because it's just highway and there's not a bunch of traffic. I said, imagine it takes you 45 minutes to drive to this place. And they go, I wouldn't go. Or something happened. And I'd say, no, that's just life. That's You got to deal with it. I said, there's like, what, 9 million people here. you know. But this was definitely worth it. We did an overnight. That's We got a hotel. That's kind of the way to do it. It's sort of fun. I hate the t- term staycation. <laughs> you know, but you're kind of far enough away from home that you feel like you're far <laughs> from home. But, I mean, because you're going down and seeing a bunch of breweries. It's... You don't want to get in the car and drive home no, after that. No. I mean, even though Jane would drive home, it's like, you don't want to do that. So no. it was fun. Yeah. And this is a radiant beauty, which we do have. I yeah. mean, Rita and Susan, they're both radiant beauties. They are. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want Susan in the yeah. movie. I'm just saying it's kind of a shallow character. They don't. They, they just do things like she goes to a piano concert. Yeah. 
that's character development you know yeah. rita is like a fleshed out character she has what like two scenes yeah and we, she sticks out more than yeah. like it's always but this scene with mr brown and susan is also notorious because he you know and, and then you're thinking like why does susan what does her deal with brown and maybe it's because she was raised in this hoity-toity society maybe she's like this is the bad boy because he starts kissing her and this scene like if you go look up in history from this movie um like this scene was considered very risque um, the actress who's playing Susan, uh, Jean Wallace, she was married to Cornell Wilde at the time, and she didn't want him around during the scene because Mr. Brown starts kissing her on the ear, then the neck, and slowly moving down. But of course, the camera doesn't show anything; no, it cuts he out. Just but you can tell that she frame. really, in her expression, her face, she really enjoys what's going on, and <laughs> I, <laughs> it's left to your imagination. It is, but it, it's you the, know what's happening. You do, Jason, and it's it's that. I mean, I. I Every time I see that, I, I go, I cannot believe somebody didn't say, no, you cannot do, you have got to cut that earlier because there's, the suggestion is yeah. really loud and the clear. insinuation. Yeah. We're, we're not cutting to a train going into a tunnel. Yeah. You know? exactly. <laughs> this is a little more. Lock it, take more. it off. <laughs> but what does, I mean, it, it, what happened in real life is Cornell Wilde, the next day he heard about this scene being shot and he came and he like apparently exploded on john lewis and, and again like, what are you doing we're with not, my wife on this you know? and again we're not talking about graphic sex no we're not exactly. talking nudity and he at the time it's like, i can only imagine what he would think if he was like in today's yeah, exactly <laughs> have a heart attack <laughs> uh, but, but it's a great scene it, it, it is you get you just get more of the layers of just how you know sexual charge and obsessions dealing in this movie and just how scary his yeah. brown character yeah. is even though he's all smiles and smooth talk and you go i this is a some man you cross the street to get away from it, exactly and it's then it's at this time that uh detective diamond gets t- gets the heads up yeah and he just goes i don't care yeah, yeah brown diamond brown can't get me he yeah. can't hurt me yeah. well they do because yeah. <laughs> fanti and mingo snag him and it's great because they take him to a cellar in a hotel yeah, I'm assuming it's when McClure, since Joe McClure made reference to a hotel, I'm assuming it's his hotel. Yeah, I mean it's not his hotel anymore, but I'm assuming at one point it was his hotel. Which like, I, it's like every day, Jason. Yeah. Just, somebody somebody comes along, steals all your stuff, makes you their underling, and then says, "I'm going to rub your face in it every yeah. day for the rest of your, yeah. rest of your life." Yeah. Excuse me. So they have strict instructions not to harm Diamond, but McClure, you know. He has, he kind of feels I should be the boss. They start smacking him around, and Brown catches him. And it it is great because he he wants to, he wants to rough him up. And and, and uh, Lee Van Cleef's character, he goes, "Yeah, you're gonna have to pay me a hundred for me and a hundred for Mingo." Yeah, because <laughs> he's they're like they're very loyal to Mister Brown, and they just kind of see McClure for what he is, which is kind of a weakling. Yeah. So and their loyalty only goes so far. Like Mister Brown doesn't care about loyalty. <laughs> no, it is the one. It's a one-way street. Yeah, because they're super loyal to him, and pays nothing. It pays no dividends at the end of this movie. <laughs> no, they're in a cellar that was built during Prohibition. Yeah. Was that like Prohibition booze still that was down there? <laughs> I mean, really, is that what it was? Like yeah, it, a lot of stuff in that if, cellar. If nobody knew, and because Mingo's under the barrel, just like Jay yeah. goes, stop doing that, Mingo. Yeah. <laughs> like eat some bread. <laughs> Because he has, and I think it's, I'm assuming it's like whiskey. 
Yeah. He's just sticking his head on it. But nobody, he said nobody that works at the hotel knows this cellar exists. Yeah. And they built it for Prohibition. And there's barrels. So I'm assuming, yeah. is that stuff still around from like, like 30, yeah. 30 years ago? <laughs> I mean, yeah, 30-year-aged whiskey. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> anyway. So um, Brown walks in. And they said, I thought I made it clear what I wanted. And he goes, and, do you, and like basically is chastising McClure. He's like, do you know how to get information? Because Diamond's not saying anything. So well, do you remember when McClure has a great line? He goes, look, he's all right. We're still legal. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. You kidnapped a cop. Yeah. <laughs> We're still legal. I'm like, in what world yeah. is there? You, you can let him go and it's all good? It's <laughs> so when you don't have a good civics class that you're being brought up in. You don't have a firm this, understanding of constitutional law. And McClure, this is one reason you're not the boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> McClure, at this time, we also learned that he has a hearing aid that he doesn't hear. And Mr. Brown's like, this is how you do things. He takes McClure's hearing aid and he puts it in Diamond's ear and he turns the volume up. Basically, he's going to like and burst his eardrum. And holds a radio to it. Yeah. And it's a great little moment because he's talking to Diamond and he's yeah. using the music yeah. and then he tells Mango, he's like, hey, Mango, you do it. And Mango just screams. Yeah. And it just shows the real differences in personality. That Mango is almost childlike. Right. When you give him the chance to do something, he's not going to do the music yeah. or talk to him. He just screams right. like an animal. Yeah. And then, then they go, well, we got to make this look good. We got to get him drunk. Yeah. So, hair tonic. I know. <laughs> not the whiskey that's sitting around in these barrels or anything no. like that. <laughs> Hair tonic. And is hair tonic even a thing? Is that even a thing anymore? I always, for a long time, I always thought the hair tonic was that blue stuff that you have your, you put the combs in at the barbershop. It still might be. I don't know. What I do know is it's 40% alcohol. Because at first, it doesn't Mingo say paint thinner? It's like feed him paint. He's like, no, we don't want to kill him. We don't want to kill him. And then he grabs hair tonic, which why is, why are you keeping hair tonic in the, I don't know. In that what? cellar where no one's been and no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it cracks me up because I just wonder if hair, I, like now I'm, I want to go find out, is hair tonic a thing? thing? Like I imagine our dads might have used hair tonic. Exactly. <laughs> and so they, they have him staggering hair tonic drunk and they drop him off at the police that's chiefs. Drunk. Yeah. That's drunk. Yeah. That's going to be my new term. Yeah. I got hair tonic drunk. And so it's a strange, it's like, why, like... Are they bringing him to Diamond's apartment and then he staggers over and Peterson and him are living in the same building? No, I think they drop him at Peterson's and it's just an attempt to discredit him, to disgrace and discredit Diamond. It's it's an odd ploy. Yeah, because this actually turns the police chief on the side with Diamond. It it backfires completely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. If that was their scheme that they go, oh, his his boss is going to see him and go, you sad. In fact, at first he's really, he goes, hey, you're drunk. Good, good good for you. you. Taiwan, you're you're getting back to normal. A good drunk cop, McNulty. Kind of there's a McNulty. If you watch The Wire, he reminds me a little bit of McNulty. So now uh, Peterson is regretting, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm really sorry that I didn't believe you. Hey, um, you know, something I forgot to tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, BTW. <laughs> Batini. Yeah. Ah. That was a right-hand man of uh, Grazi. <laughs> and he disappeared. Yeah. He disappeared when Grazi went to went to the old country. Yeah. Everybody's convinced this Grazi character went to the old, old country, country. And Batini disappeared. And uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe, but that's some useful information. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're connected. <laughs> so, and I, I, I got to say, we find out why. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Well, I can wait. But yeah. I, go, I don't know why he stayed around. 
<laughs> no, no, because then Diamond shows up at Bettini's apartment. And Bettini, his whole thing is like, the mob has finally showed up. Brown has finally showed up, and he's actually going to take me out finally. And he's ready. Like, it's funny. He's like, hey, I've been I've been expecting this. And he lays down. He's like, just one shot. You know? Yeah. And then, like, Diamond's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Let me turn this thing off, because there's a lot of nice people in this building. I don't want a fire to start. Yeah. He's-, <laughs> he's such a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, but Jason, we find out. This okay. We find out about the boat. Yeah. Apparently, Brown killed Grazzi on this boat, yeah. and Alicia was Brown's wife. Oh wait, I'm sorry, I got that all wrong. Yeah. He, the, first, we think that he killed Alicia. Yeah. So we find out Alicia was Brown's wife. They're out in a yacht. Yeah. With Grazzi, and Brown killed his wife, and they threw the threw her overboard with the anchor because yeah. they had to go buy an anchor. Bettini jumped ship. At yeah. some point. I'm guessing he jumped ship elsewhere. And went into hiding. And, and he and, swam. And he, he he came back. Yeah. He came back home. Yeah. None of to the, the same city. That's a real that for me that's always been a problem with yeah. this movie is just like Bettini, yeah. They're 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 in the Atlantic. They're going to Europe, going to the old country, yeah. I'm assuming, because that's where yeah. they say Grazi went. So he jumped ship in Europe. And somehow make goes, I gotta go back home. Yeah, my roots are still back in and, some crappy yeah. apartment and yeah. wait to die. And, and I know that it this doesn't is make an sense area that Brown controls, so yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, he wants he, he does he is gonna go and he gives he gives Diamond a great hint. Yeah. He's about, like the ship's captain's name. His name is uh Niels Dreyer. <laughs> <laughs> and he has like an ad. This guy owns an antique shop, and he's and he's and he goes, you know, antiques, you know, a guy, yeah. huh? Yeah, huh? antiques, yeah. huh? Nil, Nils Dreyer. Yeah, it's funny to have a, a you know to see a you're, you're assuming a sea captain, you know, kind of a salty folk, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I've, you know, midlife transition. I'm really an antiques dealer. Out. He's a Swedish fellow. Yeah. Swedish or Swiss. Very uptight, you know, kind of, you know, and it seems, it doesn't seem really to go together. He, he reminds me, I think it was, my name is Julia Ross. Reminds me of the guy from that, one of the guys yeah. from that. But yeah, he's, he's smooth. And, and once again, not sure why Brown let this guy stick around. No, he, no. He, 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 he kills someone and then, says you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna set you up with an antique shop how yeah. is it, you wanted antiques right because yeah. you know he can't can't let him go be a captain because he, he's got to keep him close keep yeah. like you said keep keep your yeah. enemies close and yeah. stuff but but dryer gives no information to diamond he 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 holds steady to to brown but mcclure comes in and he's like ah it's time to start closing up some loose ends. I yeah. think this is what Brown would want. And so he kills Dreyer. But he knows it's not. Yeah. He was specifically told. He sent the three guys, said, go pick up, because he, he basically, I think he wants yeah. to bring Dreyer in and say, what's the guy want? What's yeah. going on? Try to feel out, suss yeah. out. Did he say anything? Because again, Brown says at some point early on, he talks about, you know, you can't just start killing once you start. And he says it here because yeah. when he told these guys, don't take guns. And McClure shoots Dreyer and kills him. And Brown's going, which which one do you change? I love it. He says, which one do you change my mind? Because he said, don't take guns. It's a great little line. <laughs> and, you know, he chastised, Brown chastises, like you said, from McClure. He's like, hey, man, I told you to stop using violence. And he says, like, hey, once you start killing, 
it's hard to stop. Yeah. So you, yeah, in, in this moment, like Brown, so, I don't understand McClure's motivation at this point because he's an underling and actually killing Dyer as a Dyer dryer, dryer helps. It, it actually kind of protects Brown. It start it start closing off avenues of information that you 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 think, and so he's not listening to instructions, and so like it's like killing Dryer no way undermines really Brown except for Brown doesn't want it to happen. It doesn't make th- it doesn't bring the the police closer. Except it does leave Diamonds like you know what? I'm gonna go back into that antique shop now and break into that guy's safe because <laughs> <laughs> they find they find a picture and it's yeah. a great picture of. <laughs> <laughs> of Alicia Brown and I think it's Grazi. Yeah. yeah. And it's just this great picture. 15th of November. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just looking and smiling, looking yeah. off into this in the distance. It's yeah. just a it's kind of it's a very staged picture. <laughs> and now um Brown has now obtained uh, obtained legal ownership of Dryer's shop, which I assume the whole time he actually probably did own it. Like, oh yeah. You know, it, um, and uh Brown's burning all those logbooks down and everything like it's my it's my property. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but what so then Diamond's like, okay, like I have no avenue here. Now what? I'm gonna go back to my obsession. I'm gonna go back to Susan and say, look at this picture. It's a picture of Brown's wife. And you know, I'm not under the impression that Susan with is with Brown because she's gonna marry <laughs> him no so i don't know like showing her this picture of saying like look this is his wife no one knows kind of what happened to her and rumor is she might have been killed what, what is this he's do? convinced at this moment yeah and it's an odd thing because but he also knows the, that that the military and intelligence services yeah. overseas don't even know they're like grazi's not here yeah so he has this knowledge we find out later so he's had this knowledge so why does he automatically go with this alicia's dead thing yeah. I, I personally think the whole thing with that susan that you were talking about yeah. is he wants her to leave brown to come to him that's all it is. It has nothing to do with the case because the case has nothing to do with the case. Yeah. Everything is about her. And it and, and it do, and it does it does bother Susan a little bit. It does get her like a, a jealousy bug a little bit cuz she does confront Brown. She's like, "Who is this? Who is this? They say this is your wife and that she's probably dead." He's like, "No, no, no, like, look. Recent picture of her. Well, because she walks in early, yeah. and, he, and he's got this door open, and there's just a bunch of Tommy guns yeah. and stacks of cash. He first, and he refers to it as his bank or yeah. something. And, he's, and he gives her a little peek. Yeah. A little, hey, a little, here's a little, look what I do, huh? Yeah. Oh, you're not scared of me, are you? <laughs> I've got a secret closet <laughs> full of guns Bad and cash. cash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's that? No, no, I just, like, sometimes when I I look at this, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, clearly Diamond, his his police instincts are colored by his obsession with Susan. Because I don't know that you would, like, this is how you would proceed a case against Brown is to go to his, like, see? Like, he should have, the case should have focused on, like, okay, people are now disappeared. I should go and find Alicia. I should go and find Grazi. Because no one seems to know where these people are, and maybe that I could lead to a murder conviction. But instead, because he's she's like, not even a mole, you know, yeah. she, she's not. She's she, not going to turn information on him. She doesn't know she, anything. She yeah, she she knows nothing. Again, it, it's it, it's not about her. Which is one of the things 
I would have liked is if we had some inkling that there was something before between Diamond and Susan. We just go, this guy's completely obsessed with her, and we don't have any backstory. There doesn't seem to be any. No. It's not like they talk about, oh, the past. In our youth, you know. Yeah, that time... Why did you leave me for the hood? Right before World War Two, you know, we were engaged. It was like a, a Gatsby moment from like the World War One, where like we, we were dating, and then you left the war, and then you know we never talked again. And Rita, I had to marry up or something like that. You know? Rita has a better line about it because he says something you know along the lines of why why are women always you know for go for hoods or cops? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, women just go for who's a better lover. Yeah. You know, that's all they really care about. Yeah. But Susan, I just. <laughs> well, that's a comedy of errors. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Could it come down to something as simple as Susan's radiant beauty? <laughs> Maybe. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and I do I do wonder I do wonder if they they intentionally wrote her this way because she is sort of the object of desire. She's almost yeah. not even a real person to these men. She is just an object to be chased. But this this sets the next big move this moment, this next big movement of this movie in motion because Brown is upset that Diamond showed her that picture because this is when he's like we have to go back to the killing yeah because he, he I don't know if we mentioned it he he shows Susan a picture of Alicia and says yeah. she can't be dead look. Yeah. Yeah, here's a picture of her. She's not dead. Just taken recently. Yeah. So duh. Diamonds. I don't know what he's trying to. What tell? What kind that of diamond? What story he's trying to sell you? But it's it's wrong. But this is where all of a sudden, like, he is extremely upset. He's like, "We're gonna go back to killing." Um, Fonte and, Mingo, go take Diamond out. And they, of course, Rita shows up at yeah. Diamonds, knows the guy because yeah. this is back in the day when you. Stay in a place where there was a con- not even a concierge, yeah. a guy at the front desk, Bellman, or like, "Hey, Bell, yeah. and she, hey, Rita, is Diamond around? No, yeah, he's out. He's at, you know, he's at jail." Blah yeah. blah. And she goes, "I'm going to go up and get a little rest." Yeah. And meanwhile, Fonte Ming- and Mingo show up and open up with the Tommy guns. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> the spacing is like, don't identify your target. Shoot, just shoot blindly into a yeah. black room, black room, and just assume like Hoover, like, because I'm sure they hear her being shot. I mean, this is also, like, this is a sound movie. When you shoot someone, I generally think someone's going to make a sound. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, if they're sleeping. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 you know, but, I've got no experience but they when don't, it comes to shooting Yeah, people. exactly. They, they do no checking. They just open the door to the apartment and just open fire and kill Rita. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's a brutal scene. You don't see her get shot, but you see her hand definitely drop like she's dead. Yeah. And this is another scene that they were really concerned about the violence in this movie. Yeah. It is, I mean, in today, by today's standards, not so violent. By yeah. to, that time standards, it's yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah. So Diamond is now like completely guilt-ridden. He's because going this, rogue. Yeah, because this is the one woman who actually did love him. He just wouldn't return the love to Reed. I'm like, why are you going after Susan? Like this, this you know, burlesque dancer, you know, had a thing for Seems you. Seems really nice. Yeah, <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's into you. Yeah, exactly. And and this is this is the one moment where he seems to have some self reflection, and he real he's like, I did not treat her well. Yeah. You know, she was good to me. This happened. I wasn't good to her. And he sort of he realizes I'm 
not a very cool person. He, and he gets so out of control that his partner Sam says, why don't, why don't you give me your gun? Because he shoves Sam down, and that's, Sam goes, I, this guy's, he's going off. He's going rogue. And his, he's going off the reservation. And he, <laughs> and he, and he, but he really doesn't. No. He doesn't in like the lamest way ever. I mean, you, you're waiting for that moment where, where it's, you know, the, the, big, the, the big heat, yeah. you know. Yeah, you think it's gonna be like Glenn Ford in the Big Heat, where they kill his they kill his wife, and then and then he he's like, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna get this done. Laws be damned. By the book, my butt. And Susan shows up too and says, "Listen, you're wrong about Brown and Alicia. Look, I had this photo with him." And he's like, "Well, I think police forensics should take a look at this." <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> okay. I gotta tell you, I double checked on this because he looks at the picture and there's Alicia and there's snow, and he goes, it's "Supposed to be in Italy." He's like. But there's snow on the ground. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's places in Italy get snow. Yeah, there's, there's I even Italian, went and double Italian checked. Alps and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and looked all part all over. Northern Italy, Italy there's I just <laughs> it was hilarious to like nineteen fifty five you you're going, ah, there's no snow in Italy. <laughs> like gotcha. <laughs> it was just an odd thing to me. And they and basically they're able to determine this is from uh, upstate. So when people say upstate, I'm always assuming they're talking about New York. Like I have no idea. I've never been. I've yeah. never heard upstate yeah. used anywhere else. Yes. So they're like, "This is an upstate sanitarium." <laughs> it's 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 an old road. Yeah. <laughs> an old dirt road just goes down. So Diamond's gonna go. Well, I'm gonna track down this sanitarium. Unbeknownst to him, Joe McClure is gonna follow him, and so he finds Alicia, who was committed by Brown once again. Like Brown, at one point, decided to do one killing. And then the loose ends, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to, eh, I'll bring some people close. I'll commit her. You know, it wasn't why. Humiliate yeah. that guy for the rest of his life. Yeah. And Alicia's <laughs> like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know this Brown character, you know? She's, she, that actress had a rough go of it, after, yeah. especially after this. Yeah. Um, she was in an accident that just crushed a bunch of, bunch of her bones. Oh. Like, this was her last major movie. And, yeah, she was driving back from Palm Springs, picked up some hitchhikers, and they rolled in a convertible, oh. like, 300 feet. And so one of the guys died, broke her pelvis, crushed her foot, had a really tough go of it. I did a little more acting after this, and then I think she died fairly young. Yeah. But, but what they do find out is that it wasn't Alicia who Brown killed on yeah. his boat it was grozzy and joe mcclure's like oh this is my chance <laughs> this is it <laughs> which i mean once again the fact that diamond didn't think about this before yeah. when he had the knowledge that Gra- there's been no whisper or Gra- grazi hasn't been seen since he got on that boat and left yeah. nobody knows and our intelligence people overseas yeah. No idea. Grazi doesn't exist yeah. anymore. And at no point did he go, you know what's interesting is the guy who's running Grazi's gang huh. was on that boat too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not until it's like... The conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> but he does. He goes, oh, oh. Yeah. Grazi's at the bottom of the Atlantic. And so McClure runs back and go and Mingo and Fonte. I'm thinking, doesn't Brown have a bigger organization? If he's like running the big combo in the city, doesn't he have a bigger organization? Some other capos around <laughs> these two henches? He's like, listen, you guys. Brown killed Grazi. <laughs> it's over. And, yeah, it's over. They found Alicia. She's turning. Everyone's turning. <laughs> Everyone's turning stooly. Yeah. 
<laughs> Brown's finished. I was waiting for him. Everybody's going to turn state's evidence. <laughs> Brown's finished. I'm like, going to show you boys how to be men, like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, you know, Brown's pretending Grazi's been alive back in Sicily, so the other syndicate members will follow him. He's like, well, is it like, in, is it any instructions coming from like, like Sicily or the old country saying, hey, like, Grazi never showed up here, so like, how, why do you think Brown, you're right? Like, there's no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love Lee Van Cleef in this. He's just going, yeah, so what do you want? What are you doing? And you just kind of, you feel like McClure thinks I got these guys now. Yeah. And really they're on my yeah. But you can just tell, like, Fanti, Lee Van Cleef's character is sort of going, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I'm not going to follow you. Dude. Yeah, it, because you, know, you do know, even if Brown was killed, yeah. these guys aren't going to follow McClure. He doesn't, yeah. there's that whole, you know, command or demand respect, you know. Yeah. McClure does neither. Yeah. And so there, there's this little rendezvous at the airport where McClure thinks he has Fonte and Mingo in his back hands and Brown shows up and then, um, you know, expecting. And then the great, great thing. Again, cause, great. Because um, Mingo and Fonte come out of the shadows with guns pointing at Brown. And Brown doesn't even blink. Doesn't bother him. And all of a sudden he goes, you think, you know, basically, they're going to take your side. And all of a sudden, you just see their guns switch over to, like, McClure. Yeah. <laughs> McClure's like, oops! <laughs> I know! And he, and he seems like... I read that room wrong! <laughs> and, and he does. He kind of... He seems to make one last-ditch effort yeah. and go, Wait, you guys, what are you doing? <laughs> At that point, you just go, Ah! Yeah. I, you know what? I took my shot. Yep, I took my shot, and it's this. This is fantastic because the the shots are so beautiful. He should be like Bentini. He's like, you know, I'm gonna lay down here, just one shot, <laughs> clean shot. Yeah, he died. He dies kind of like he lived, just sort of as a spineless, you know, yeah. underling. Be- but there's, it's fantastic. I mean, the shot, the deep shadows, and yeah. everything. But Brown says, "I'm gonna do you a favor. Yeah. You're not gonna hear the bullets." And he pulls the hearing aid from his ear. Right when he does that, the entire scene goes. Yeah, it's Silent. a great piece of cinema right there. It is because then you just see the the burst of you know gunfire and he's he's shot he's done but it's silent. It's yeah. so effective. It is. Um, and then he as he walks away, the sound slowly picks up again. You can hear his footsteps and it picks up again. It was like it was done really well. It's it's a an excellent. It's why Alton is known for this type of shooting. It's that no, and this of, is Joseph Lewis yeah, setting exactly. it up. I mean, the camera, it's just like this wonderful like, conglom- you know, collaboration between visual and audio. I, I think it's, yeah, it's it's really good. And so we're, we're now back at Diamond's office, the police department, you know. For some reason, they got Alicia there to the police office, like... Uh, like they got a release. I, I there's parts of this where I'm like, eh. stuff just happens. Yeah, <laughs> Alicia's there, um, you know, and Alicia still refuses to say anything. And even when Susan says, "Listen, um, I'll, I'll testify against Brown," but I'm like, "What does she know? She, she's not involved in any of these things." Yeah, Brown. She's, yeah. for lack of a better term, she's Brown's side piece. Yeah. You know, she's his girlfriend. The only thing she could tell them is. He's got a secret closet full of guns and cash. That, to me, is the only thing. He's and who doesn't? <laughs> I'm always accidentally walking in to your hidden secret closet. Secret of guns and... <laughs> but um, then they show her, like, hey, look look what he did to Rita. Yeah. And this... And I love, he says, 11 bullets pulled out. And I, and I thought, 
boy, they shot a lot more than 11 bullets. Those guys have bad aim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, Alicia agrees, like, I'll, I'll testify. And, you know, you think, okay, things are coming, like the vice around Brown is coming close. And Susan's like, okay, I'm, I'm heading out. I've, I've done my job trying to convince her. She's now convinced. And Brown is waiting for her. Yeah, with his lawyer. Yeah. With, I got a writ of habeas corpus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she does, she goes catatonic. She yeah. sees Brown and just, that's it. And, yeah. and they go, she's, in, she's in the bed and Diamond goes, ah, can't use her. Yeah. <laughs> waste what now <laughs> they found like and then they, they find the they found mcclure's body and diamond's like huh brown's getting a little careless i'm like i think he's kind of been like desperate yeah <laughs> he's getting desperate <laughs> and mingo and fonte for taking care of brown and taking care of rita are now hidden back in that cellar no for taking care of mcclure mcclure i'm sorry yeah i'm um, sorry mingo and fonte having taken care of mcclure and rita are now like on the run they're 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 hiding Brown's actually set them up in that cellar. And they've been there for two days. Um, and Mingo says, why don't we just run? Yeah. And he puts his hand, and it's a it's a very telling moment, yeah. puts his hand on, on Fanti's arm, yeah. and Fanti kind of gives it a little look, and he says, he's basically saying, why don't the two of us, just the two of us, yeah. run away together? Yeah. And it's that, you know, these two are more yeah. than just a couple of hoods. Yeah. There's something... And then Brown shows up, and, he's, and he goes, boys, I got a lot of money. Yeah. You guys have been good. You've been yeah. good boys. Yeah. You got the money, two, some the food. The two people yeah. who... Stood by had, his side the entire movie. Yeah. His life was in their hands. And he says, here's a box of money. Yeah. And I love that they don't just open it. I mean, yeah. if you hand me a box of money, yeah, you open it yeah. right there. Would have been a nice end of the movie. They yeah. all blow up. But it, it is. It's a bomb. As soon as they open it up. Yeah, because Brown's like, listen, tomorrow, like, we still, the, the the heat's still on you, but tomorrow afternoon I'll have a car in the alleyway. Just be there at this time. Here's some money. Here's some food. You know, I'm taking care of you guys. And he walks out really quickly, and they're like, how much do you think he gave us? And, and Fonte's like, well, he's always been very generous. And they open up, and it's a sticks of dynamite it's a with the bomb. bomb of the time. And they're like, ah! And it blows up. <laughs> it's amazing that, that Mingo survives this. Yeah. It was yeah. a very enclosed space. Yeah. I would think uh, that would be enough to kill both of them, but Mingo does survive. And Diamond gives him the hard treatment. He's like, listen, like, turn on Brown. And he's like, because you're not going to make it. He's like, I'm going to make it. He's like, no, no, I'm not talking about you. And he lifts up, the, he has the coroner or the other police have lifted the sheet of Fonte. He's like, he's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when Mingo, like, you could see the, just the anguish on his face that this person he's loved is dead. And that's when he, like, he's like, I'll... Brown Brown did this. Brown did this. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, Brown's eating alone. Yeah. <laughs> Lobster. <laughs> but it's it's great to me because it's like it it just shows like this guy, there's nobody left. He's he's alone. It's not just that he's yeah. eating alone. It's like that just that signifies his entire world right now. He is on his own. And then the server comes over and goes, Hey, eh, by the way, yeah. Mingo's still alive. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just like that he goes from the whole, hey man, we can't just be killing willy nilly yeah. to just dropping bombs and basements yeah, exactly. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like killing people, not even disposing of McClure's body. Like you went, it's like, you know what? Uh, let's we're, we're right next to the ocean. Like dump him in the ocean. Like ah, just leave him there. You know? Nah, who cares? And, and then he goes and he's uh, he go, now he he decides I've just got to go. Yeah. 
I have to have Susan. Again, one of those yeah. things that the obsession. He could have just run and he just he shoots Sam. Yeah. He just yeah. the, 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 the elevator doors open and boom, yeah. there's gunshots and he grabs Susan. And this is when like this is like the final iconic showdown because they're going to an airport. And it's great. Very possible. Thick, oh, <laughs> thick fog. There is a lighthouse in the distance that provides the only light, and you you can hear it in his voice that Brown is just he's he's nervous. He's yeah. he's frantic. He's going, "Where's that pilot? I've been paying that yeah. guy for years. He's got his own personal <laughs> pilot." And and Susan, I don't, does she light a lighter? Um, where she's it's, it's like there's something. She's uh, like the car lamps that she's shining in his eyes. There's something that and, Susan's doing. And he says, hey, what? And he yeah. smacks her because yeah. he thinks, you know, you're trying to give us away. And that's when Diamond shows up. up and he's like, hey, you're not going to give me copper, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's running. He's like a rat yeah. running back and forth in front of the wall. And that's Susan puts the spotlight yeah. on him. And you just hear footsteps and you don't see Diamond. And yeah. he's just saying, it's it's over, yeah. hoodlum. Yeah. And he's just shooting, shooting, shooting. Till all his bullets are gone. And then Diamond's like, hey. he's And Diamond Diamond doesn't kill him. No. He's just like cowering like, you know, like he's, he's, he started this movie, Brown started as like the pinnacle of a mob boss and ends like a, a trapped animal. Yeah. That Diamond doesn't even have the energy to kill him. He's like, you're the, Kind of halls pity. of justice. Yeah, are gonna take care of you. you I'm know? embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. And of course, the mob is not gonna like out that I'm gonna. You know, no doubt they're gonna reveal that he killed Grazzi and killed all these people. So he's not gonna survive long when he goes to prison. I, to I begin don't with. think so. I don't. <laughs> I'm sure he's probably not even gonna make it to prison <laughs> in, 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 oh, <laughs> in this <yeah>. universe. <laughs> he's, and, he, and, and Diamond has a line. Let's go, hoodlum. Yeah, oh, hoodlum. It's like, hoodlum. It's like a profanity. There, exactly. You know? And he does. They take him away, and then that's we get like the shot. Of so many shots, but you have silhouette of Diamond with the fedora standing there. Susan walks towards yeah. him. They walk off into the fog. Yeah. So a happy ending. I mean, let's see. Uh, I mean, Rita's dead. His his partner Sam is clearly dead. No, no. They said Sam's going to be okay. Sam's going to be okay. Sam, okay. But he's still he got shot. Yeah. You got to you know. live with that. I'm sure you know when this winter comes, he's going to have some aches. <laughs> you know, I mean, a bunch of people are dead. And and I mean I would like I would think that at some point like people above Peterson might say we need to deal with this diamond guy. Yeah, we spent a lot of money on Holy this game. Holy smokes. We and we broke a lot of laws. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of laws are broken by this guy. He didn't But he it did bring down the head of the current, you know, big combination of the But city. at what cost, Jason? <laughs> the innocence of the, a city. The cost of love. <laughs> I have to point out so um, one last note. This movie is in the public domain. This movie it was is easy to find. Yeah, it's very easy to find. You can almost every place has it. Um, it has the copyright notice on the frame. You'll see it, but they incorrectly, they improperly filed it when they filed it with the the copyright and trademark office. Boy. And so. even years later, they're like, no, no, it's in the public domain. And so you can take this movie. That's like one of those, one of the movies that you can find everywhere because. It's it's out there for the public, so it's interesting. It's such a good movie, you know. It's kind of a drag. I mean, well, Carnival of Souls, Carnival Souls, uh, Night of George Moore's Night of the Living Dead, same thing. It's in the public domain, you know. Um, It's it's such a strange thing. Anyways, I chose the movie. You've probably seen it before because of your noir class, but would you recommend this movie? 
Yeah, absolutely. Really, absolutely. I mean, we we can we can nitpick about the noir yeah. film noir yeah. stuff, but you can't nitpick. It's a really good movie. Perfect. No, I mean there are some questions, but you do that with every movie. This movie is just first of all, it's wonderfully acted. The direction is great. The and the cinematography. I mean, John Alton is yeah. is pretty legendary. There's a reason he's respected as much as he is. It's just wonderfully shot. And you have, and you do have, like we, we joked about, you know, the police, the, his boss, who's always like getting on his cases, yeah. you know, stuff like that didn't just pop up in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> it came from something. Those guys were writing. They said, I love movies like this where you have the rogue cop. So I, I 100% recommend this movie. You? So do I. Uh, I, I had not seen it until we did our film noir episode a, a couple years back. And I thoroughly enjoy this movie it's it's 88 minutes it's tightly put together same thing that michael said cinematography the acting you have like classic like noir actors classic you know you have john alton directing and it's, it's a beautiful piece of john cinema alton directing, uh, directing. i'm sorry john alton doing cinematography john lewis yeah so joseph lewis doing the directing john alton doing cinematography um, it's it's excellent piece of cinema. It, it's worth watching and tracking, and you can find it anywhere, like it, anywhere. <laughs> and, and we've we've talked about, it, but it, it it's an interesting movie to watch to see how people got around sort of the censorship, yeah. the Hayes Code, because there's stuff going on here that if you're watching with a keen eye, and you don't even have to have that keen of an yeah. eye, you see things that for that time very risque, and because you had to. Be sneaky. You had to sneak your sex and your violence in sometimes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Radiant Beauty. Delicious. How about this? You like it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cheers again. Cheers. Um, and I also like. You know, it's a, it's it's a West Coast IPA, so it's like six point seven percent. That's you know that's not bad. That's that's an easy drinker. That's yeah. yeah. Um, wonderful pop to it. Great can has that Radiant Beauty on it. Uh, and I think that about wraps this one up. I agree. Um, this is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. <laughs>